Hey, everybody, just letting you know that Mike Lindell and I, the MyPillow guy, we partnered up, and he wants to help this show, and I want to help him. If you go to MyPillow.com and order all the products you know you're going to buy, towels, sheets, blankets, robes, all these kinds of things, dog beds even, go to MyPillow.com and use the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. You're going to get the deepest discount on all these items. They're the very best of all these items. He handpicked these things, and let me just tell you, you're also going to help Truth and Radio, and you're also going to be helping Mike Lindell. Isn't that fantastic? It's a great combination that you can do right from your own home. Call 800-873-1052. That's the phone number, 800-873-1052. Um, you can order directly on that phone number or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to put the code word Kate in. Thanks, you guys. The Kate Daly Show. I'm just going to say that and slowly walk away. The show starts now. But also, we cannot help but conclude that with all of that good effort, it has been intentionally wrapped in a predisposed strategy to demean, disparage, and defeat the Dixie name and minimize adherence to the history, heritage, and traditions of the residents of southwestern Utah, or better said, the people of Utah's Dixie. Much of the information presented has been, at best, quite anecdotal. Other more objective parts, including surveys and supposed community assessments by consultants and pollsters that you have hired have been very much called into question. Yet you seem to have simply ignored the question and continued as if the data is absolutely correct or really doesn't matter. There are those in this community that do in fact represent thousands who object to what you are doing and are able to largely discredit the work of your consultants as well as this process. Love it. That was... uh... Wilkinson, Randy Wilkinson, and I really appreciated him. He was part of the committee and walked out uh, with two other individuals. Um, And that statement, boy, is that so true. There was a lot of lying and deceiving going on, because all you have to do is look at the questions about Dixie State that were posed and know what what they came out as. And then, of course, they ignored that and then made their own conclusions as facts. So a lot of deceit. I mean, all you have to do is look at the information. It's insane. And I play that because tomorrow at noon, they're asking for a lot of people to be down at the Holland Building, the Zion Room at noon on Tuesday, the DSU uh, trustees meeting to show your support for Dixie um, and to not have them do this uh, very, I think, deceit cultural change uh, in in order to appease. We don't even know who we're appeasing anymore. Isn't that fun? You don't even know. You don't even know who is applauding this anymore, except those uh, idiots that absolutely think that all of the sudden in 2021, we're the most racist place to live in America. <laughs> so I don't know what else to say about that. We do have a caller, though, so I'll let the caller chime in. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. I'm calling about uh, <clears throat> the rock, <clears throat> the rock, <clears throat> Excuse me, the Ron Gibson program you had last Friday. Sure. I wasn't able to get through to you, and I wasn't able to go to the meeting. Mm. I would like to know the name and the title of his book and the cost of it and the contact information that I could order one. Sure. I put that information on katedallyradio.com. You can I, go... I, I live in the Stone Age. I don't have a computer. <laughs> Do you have it okay. that you can give it to me now? Um, let me see here if I can pull it up here uh, live on the radio. Um, uh, hold on just a moment. And you know, um, also it was videotaped as well. And I'm sure that you can purchase a copy of that. Let me see here. Um, 
So if you go into uh, the show and then show topics, this is what I wrote as far as his email address goes. Um, let's see here. Okay, here we go. So there's a post on this June 25th for those listening that want the same information. Um, you can email him. Well, can you email? No, no you can't email. Um, shoot. Why don't you call in after the show uh, ends and I'll try to scour up a, a phone number for you. All right. Hey, thank you for Appreciate that, it. by the way. You bet. Um, so, yeah, I have to uh, figure out what a phone number, what phone number I can give. I need to ask him permission uh, for that. But the email address is uh, D-R-I-T-E-C-R-G at Hotmail.com. And uh, you can get his book. It's, it's great, by the way. It's a fantastic book on land. And we talked a little bit about water, too. Um, and so I do want to share some thoughts on that with you as well as we've been doing over the course of the show. I'm live today. You can call up 888-673-1450. You can comment on just about anything um, in this hour. But I just, um, I just want to say about the Dixie thing. You know, I've talked to a lot of people off the air about this and so many people concerned that they're going to get away with it. That Julie Beck and Biff Williams and Jordan Sharp and all these individuals are going to get away with what they've done with this information. After looking at the poll questions and seeing the reflection of, say, 1% going answering the question, do you think you could ever have a problem with the name Dixie? I mean, it was that ambiguously but stunningly coercive as far as we want the answer we want. And this is why they refused to give the actual information, the data behind all of those slides, you know, all of the uh, different questions to uh, George when he was on. George Staley mentioned that they refused. Even a legislator, Walt Brooks, asked for the information. No one will give it up. What are they so afraid of, right? They won't give anyone all the detailed information about how they got the, about the answers to the questions, because some were write-in, you know, questions. They won't give that data out. They're hiding it. I don't like that. I don't like people being deceiving like that. Um, but this college is getting a reputation in our, a reputation, I can't talk today, in this community for being deceitful, and that's not okay, that's not okay with me. Is it okay with you? Um, so uh, turning us into a racist city and a racist college um, after we've had such a, a wonderful, um, you know, 100 and, 150 years. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's tough, right? It's tough that all these people from out of town want to come down and tell us who we are and what we're about. And um, we've never really had a problem with coming here. We do have a problem with retaining um, some of the, the students. Um, they go on to other colleges, but and maybe a lot has to do uh, you know, with that, but it has nothing to do with racism. They came here in the first place, right? So we don't have a problem with that. And, and the reason we've spent so much time outing it on the show is it's just so obvious I guess that's what the problem is. It's so obvious. Their big claim is that they can't, uh, people can't find jobs. That's a lie. That's a lie. Go talk to anyone that's that's gone to Dixie State. So um, we have to out that kind of manipulation. And they're doing it, and, they're, and they, they planned on doing this. I mean, Dave Clark stood up and told everybody that none of this was in motion. Well, that was a lie. But I've never trusted Dave Clark. I think it's the slithery smile that gives me the 
heebie-jeebies. But anyway, I don't, I don't, um, I don't like it when people stand up in a in a forum like that and then lie to everybody and then everybody goes, oh yeah, that's right, we did DBA the name on the net two years ago. <laughs> so it was in motion. Yeah. Um, so that's a problem. And, uh, and I think their lying is catching up with them because, and I, I'm sorry I'm being so brutal, but I'm getting ticked. I think you guys are too, right? Because they keep moving forward with this whole mantra and, uh, they're having this meeting tomorrow. If anyone can show up in their Dixie shirts, that'd be great. I would love that. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't it? Um, but show up and let people know what, how you feel about all of this. It's a, it's a real shame that we're in a situation that we're getting ramrodded into this Dixie change. And I look at those that are standing for this Dixie change. And I think I'm just being honest here. I just think, are you that ignorant? You're going to invent this problem and then stand behind it. And then, and then look around and say, Oh yeah, because of what you think is going on in America where the media tells us that we're a racist nation every day. Do you really believe we are? After all these years, do you believe we are? I don't. And so I just, um, I have to be vocal on this, you guys. And I think it's really pathetic what Biff Williams has done. I think if anybody should be, you know, here they're doing all these recalls. You know, they're having a recall election for uh, the governor of California. The uh, Arizona legislature just voted to take, um, I think it was the election process out of Katie Hobbs's hands. She's very, very liberal and Yucky. Anyway, I'm just saying that in the event of all of that, can we have a recall on Biff? Can we say, you know what? You're obviously at the helm of this. We're not okay with this. This isn't okay to manipulate the information. Had there been an organic, natural issue and problem, I think a lot of people would have been more understanding if there was an actual problem. But to invent a problem to get rid of a name, that's not okay. So when you cross that line and you say that it's okay to absolutely invent it and spend a lot of money inventing it, now I have a problem, right, with what's going on. So um, if uh, I, I think anyone should or would have a problem with that. And so if you can support tomorrow at noon, show up in mass, um, say, you know what, they need, they need over a thousand people to show um, Tuesday, 12 noon. I think that's the 29th of June, and that's a, a, DSE, a DSU trustees meeting. DSU, as in Dixie. Yeah. Um, I really feel strongly that, that people need to voice their opinions a, a lot more now. I think we're, we're losing a lot of ground because of our silence. Everyone's a little bit more silent and just kind of crossing their fingers and then hoping everything goes back to normal. It's not going to. These people have a foothold in this, and then they convince everybody of a lie, and then everyone walks around. But see, these are the same kinds of people that are easily manipulated by the media. And we know the media is a lying machine. So when you walk away easily manipulated by the media, of course they're going to have some people that are conned into this. Um, oh, yes, St. George and Dixie, what a racist school, what a racist city, I guess we are. But you and I know the truth. And we've known the truth for a long time that they've been gunning for this. And so it's only going to be a city that bats it back down and says, "Uh, uh-uh, you're not going to do this to us. You're not going to lie about the information. You're not going to lie about the stats. You know, when George was in, I give him a lot of credit for standing up. 
um, you know, it was pretty evident. I mean, very emotional. People are really emotional about this because of the way they're doing it, because of the lying. And so I'm here to, to help point that out. After reading the stats on the data, I don't know how they came out with the official statements they did. Because the official statements that the college released do not reflect what was actually on those questionnaires. And then on top of it, they tried to manipulate the questionnaires to get the answers they wanted. And both of those things are not okay. It's not okay to do that. So if you're shoring up this lie and you're saying, yeah, we need to get rid of Dixie, what gave you that idea? Why do you think that? Because I promise you, it's going to be real hard for you to nail that down and talk about that and explain why. Because you've been so influenced by even the media around here to get rid of the name, right? Um, and our, our local newspaper here, same thing. It's just gunning for, to get rid of that name. Deseret News gunning to get rid of Dixie. They had to go up north to get support, to get this sham of a process through. What does that tell you about this whole process? It's, it just screams, doesn't it? It just, ah, oh, it's just so sickening. Um, I'll be right back. There's something I want to talk about, a movie I watched, and I want to talk about it because I think it's um, extremely telling, shall I say, extremely telling. So stay on with me. And of course, you can call up 888-673-1450. Um, I'll be happy to take your call when I get right back. In just a moment, kdallyradio.com. Let go of my leg. Oh, sorry. You start a fire, you put it out. A public service message brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service. You stay forest during the ad council. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Pleasure in presenting to you the star of our program, Miss Kate Smith. Hello, everybody. It is my happy privilege to introduce a new song. God bless America. While the storm clouds gather far across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free. Let us all be grateful. Smith wasn't it last year or the year before Jeez. so we played her all the time because I hate that kind of stuff don't you I really do that's why I want people to send a really big message to those at DSU to tell them to uh, back off the manipulation process you know I don't like um, I, I, 
I just uh, can't express enough how much I don't like their deceit. I really don't. And I call it deceit. And I'm not being shy about that. Because all you have to do is look at the questions, as I've seen as they've been printed off, that they were asking. And you know that this was manipulation 101 and that they weren't being honest about the statements. So you have to call it out. I know we have a lot of listeners down here in this local hour. And I'm telling you, if we don't start fighting against this kind of stuff, they will take over. You will have nameless city after nameless city after nameless city with very generic, I don't know what they're trying to do. But it's really, really sad to remove our history. Um, By the way, I do have a caller on the line. I'll take her in just a moment. And also, I just wanted to mention Caldwell Banker. What a great outfit, you know? Caldwell Banker Property Management. They'll take care of all the stuff you don't want to (laughs) do when it comes to uh, doing a rental property. So they'll take care of the, the taxes. They'll take care of the, of the renters, of running their applications. I mean, taking the applications. You don't have to do a thing. You can go do what you want to do best and leave all the hard work to them. Uh, Caldwell Banker Premier Realty Property Management over on Riverside Drive, 272-4699, 272-4699. Um, or you can go to CBS, um, well, CB, Caldwell Banker, stgeorgerentals.com. Um, get more information on that, but they are fantastic. They'll take care of all of it for you. They're great guys over there. And also Tropical uh, Pool and Spa, Fiberglass Pool and Spa on Red Hills Parkway is just awesome. Go get a bullfrog hot tub or a swim spa. You will love them. And everyone is making their backyard a little oasis. Have you noticed that? Hmm. Things to come, maybe. Maybe make sure that you have a lot to do in your backyard. I would say so. Um, all right. Caller, welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Thanks, Kate. Sure. Um, several years back, I was a student at Dixie State. Uh-huh. Um, they were going through the whole changing the, um, uh, it was the Dixie Rebel, and they were going through, we need to get rid of that. Red Storm. I don't know what else. Red, it was Red it was Storm, annoying. and then there was all the jokes about Red Storm, so then they went to, cha- I mean, this has just been one bungle after the next, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the time I was going to Dixie, mm-hmm. and I was... Oh, one semester away from getting an associate's degree mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And I had started taking classes at SUU because that's what I was going to go on to do to finish my bachelor's mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. And I was running into some complications and problems, and not with professors, mm-hmm. but with administrators. And as I go through the various levels, it was not their job, it was somebody else's job. I finally got to the final idiot mm-hmm. um, posing as an administrator, and I said to him directly, I don't understand why I'm having all these troubles. I don't seem to have this level of difficulty at SUU. And his response, word for word, was, then go be SUU's problem. How nice. <laughs> I got up. I left. Uh-huh. I went to SUU. Right. I went and talked to a professor there mm-hmm. who worked me in. I went through several levels of administrators at SUU mm-hmm. because what I wanted to do was not available. So they Frankenstein my degree for me at SUU. And literally the last administrator I spoke with there to get this set up when I told him this story, mm-hmm. turned to me, put his hand out and said, welcome to SUU. 
we'd love for you to be our problem. <laughs> well, <clears throat> word well. for word. <laughs> oh my it's gosh. not about racism. Right. It's about crappy administration. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much for calling up. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, that, yeah. I've I've heard that more than once. I, I think that's one of the big problems here. John Pike lobbied to get um, to get uh, Biff Williams here, and I think the two of them were very much uh, conspiring to make sure that they ended the Dixie name on the hospital to make sure because John Pike worked there, works there, and to also change out the name of the college, make sure they do a whole overhaul on the valley, and make sure that we get rid of any Dixie history or heritage. That's a shame. But you know what? The people here were so ignorant to vote John Pike in as mayor. And then with him, you know, running around and taking flights to Salt Lake and meeting with all these people like Biff to get him down here. I'm sorry, but it's just horrendous. It's horrendous. And we need a mayor that will stand up to all of this. We don't need somebody that's been in that's been condoning of any of this. So I would suggest we clean house as much as we possibly can. I suggest we get a mayor that actually knows uh, knows how to deal with all of this stuff and isn't part of the problem. I think we need mayors that stand up and don't be so mealy mouthed and stay so quiet. I hate that. I really hate that. But we've witnessed a lot of that. I mean, if you've noticed, a lot of the council members are always in lockstep to say yes to everything. I hate that, too. Where is anyone standing up and saying no? Why are they in lockstep? There's a problem there. Clean house. I don't want anyone that's been in government more than a couple of years because I know what their records are in not standing up. I don't want any of them still in government. So make sure and get some new blood in there, some new people in there. And also, I think Larry Myers is a great choice for people asking this off the air all the time for, for county commissioner. I actually think he'll stand up for what's right. He won't go along to get along. He'll stand up. And there's some good men. There's really some good men in the running. I would, I would actually cast the vote for Larry. I think Larry's proven himself over and over again uh, that he'll stand up to this junk. And I think we need a voice in there that's not a buddy. They all want their buddies, and this is why they're always out there on Facebook promoting their next pick. And, of course, now it's Chris Stewart's guy. Well, you know I'm not a fan of Chris Stewart because of his voting record. It's, her, it's horrendous. But we allow him to stay in. mealy mouth little Chris Stewart. He's like a little mouse. And we allow him to stay in and keep voting horrifically. Won't stand up for anything. Um, obviously had a ghostwriter for his books because he doesn't understand the Constitution, won't stand up for it, and votes for NSA spying every single time against you, against your privacy. So all of this stuff, you know, after 10 years of this on the radio, can I just tell you that it's nauseating? And if, we, if we're ever going to make a change, it's right now. It's right now. Get these people out. Get them out because in office they've proven that they won't stand for anything. It's the mealy mouth sort of, well, I'm just watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. No, out, get out. Because we don't have time for the just watching individuals anymore that don't want to take a political stand because they don't want to side with anybody. This is the time so we can understand what you're for and what you're against. Take a stand. Just do it. I'm just getting really, really tired of our complacency and allowing the same individuals to run this city for decades. Don Ibsen should be out.
Vickers should be out. Brad Lash should have been out after the first month. I mean, it was it was horrendous to watch him write tax bill after tax bill to harm you, yet you'll leave him in there. What are we thinking? County commissioners, all three buddies. That's why I call them Manny Mo and Jack, because they're all buddies. Have you ever noticed they don't even have a dissent against each other? No vote, no no discussion. Just extremely soft and passive voices. Ah. <sighs> Anyway, frustrating. It's frustrating because they're our own, right? They're all conservative, right? Wink, wink. Conservative, wink, wink. They're not. They're not. They hide behind all the conservative labels, but truly they're not. And they're not going to take a stand against all this culture change. You won't have a city that resembles anything of its history if you leave all these people in here in office. You won't. Travis and Walt Brooks are standing up. I like that. Um, Other than that, I'm not seeing a whole lot of standing. Are you? I see a whole lot of quiet. Super quiet. Quiet on the Western Front. Remember that? (laughs) Anyway. um, July uh, 9th. So Citizens for Constitutional Government. Make sure and join that Facebook page. They've got some wonderful speakers. One July 9th. uh, Talking about restoring the Constitution. And they have um, uh, a a guest coming in August. Uh, She was on the show as well. Talking about um, this... uh, Well, basically, uh, Lily Tang Williams talking about leaving China and coming over here, Mao's cultural revolution versus critical race theory. And that's in August. And support these events. They're great events. It takes a lot of work to put them on. When I come back, I want to talk about my my friends, James and Ann, talked a little bit to me about this movie. And I watched it. um, And it was such an interesting movie about a gentleman um, who really went through the refiner's fire in um in establishing who he really was and there's some wonderful things there that i want to talk about when i come back and i'll probably go in a little more depth um in the last hour dr pesta is going to join us in the following hour but in the last hour i'm going to be talking about dr robert malone some of the assertions that he made on glenn beck's program i want to talk about that um a lot of people don't know about the act that he cited and i do want to talk about that as well this was the uh he claims to be the inventor of the mrna um but he also said how um he is very um well the censorship is getting to him they're being censored and also uh the money streams um from the patents he brought up a lot of good things that i want to talk about in the way that uh, he said that there'll probably be a huge regret on this vaccine You know, I personally don't think that anyone is in charge of your health, but you not a church, not a not a um, institution of uh, where you work, not a um, no, no one has the purview over your health, but you. Okay, And so as you're getting all these messages, you know, to vaccinate, this is not a traditional vaccine. And he does talk about that. He talks about it. He's he's very open about the fact that this is a genetic shot. It is not a traditional vaccine. And so when the inventor of mRNA tells you that this is not a vaccine, but everyone else is calling it a vaccine, well, I think this is probably time to either do your homework and don't just pony up your body for an experiment. And he calls it an experiment. I think it's time to listen to that. Listen to the person who really, truly has a lot at stake. If he's the inventor of mRNA, then I I say you listen up. But really and truly... um, all these people that are telling you what to do in for your own body, maybe they're getting very bad information, okay? And so that's why I say the only person in charge of your health is you, 
And your personal stance on vaccinations is personal, but just make sure you do your homework if it's still a vaccination. It's not. It's being classified as one, but it's not. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. work for all my life. And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Where the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away of the uh, U.S. military releasing their new version. This was last year. Love it. Uh, I'll give you a little bit more of this. Across the plains of Texas Oh, from sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say I really do. We've got a lot happening right now. We need only the strongest to be in uh, in office. We need uh, we need more people to show up. You know, think about every good movie you've ever seen, and what is it that really sort of kind of you know <laughs> gets to the climax of the movie? And it's usually people showing up in force, just even the threat of people showing up in force. Just to, just the showing up part is uh, is something that through history has been, or in movies, has always been that climatic ev- uh, you know, ending is because once people show up in force, it's like game over. And really and truly, sometimes it's just the visualization of having everyone show that people cannot ignore. They just can't. Please, we've got to show up. We have to. We're losing the country, and we're going to get blamed. The generations will blame us for what's happening right now because a lot of them are very short-sighted, and they don't know what they're doing as a cog in in the wheel to what's happening right now. It's really, really sad. Um. Make sure you get over to Garage Doors Only. Love those guys. They do such great work. You have to dial 435, by the way. You have to dial 435. Uh, 435-8-6-8-1200. Easy, easy, right? 8-6-8-1200, but you have to dial 435. Get your garage door from garage doors only. Those guys are great. They've been voted uh, best of uh, Southern Utah several years in a row and just working for a long time with all the different major brands. And these guys are the guys because you'll actually have somebody not from India. 
<laughs> Somebody right here for customer service. You got to love that. Um, and people do, by the way. I think they're kind of hating that everything's been outsourced, but Garage Doors Only is local and they will absolutely service your needs. And customer service wise, they're fantastic. Um, all the companies I talk about locally are. They're just wonderful. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about about this. And I might talk in the last hour about this in a little bit more detail. Um, the story of Mully is a very interesting one. And, um, and I really, really like this. He has a, a, a business called, um, not a business, but it's really a non, it's a nonprofit called Mully's Children's Family. And you can actually catch this movie. You can watch this movie. I think it's on Netflix or, or Prime. But his story is so unique and endearing that it's a powerful must watch. And the reason I wanted to bring it up in this hour specifically was because he has a very long story. Started out an orphan, abandoned by his family at 11, walks uh, into a church after getting really angry, of course, and and getting rejected by the only uncle uh, near him in, in Kenya. He goes into a church and he starts to find God. And he then decides that he's going to make a new life for himself. And he walks uh, hours and hours and hours to the nearest city and he knocks on doors for help. Right. And he's begging and he's and he doesn't have any money. And and this kid is just alone. And now he's, you know, closer to the other end of the spectrum in age as far as like 18, 19. And he runs across um, this woman, this Indian woman knocks on her door and she allows him to come in and work inside the home and, and, and do dishes and, and all of that kind of labor inside the house. Well, her husband owns a business, farming business. And after six months of realizing that he was the real deal, that he wanted to just work hard and, and he was a good guy, they gave him a job as a manager and he was able to leverage the position of manager into a huge amount of business, right? So he became a, um, a entrepreneur, major capitalist. This guy just, everything he touched, it was just turning to gold. It was amazing. And he was a uh, millionaire, then a multimillionaire. And he had his, I think it was eight kids and his life was going really well until he had an exp- a very, very powerful spiritual experience where he kind of surrendered to God and said, okay, what do you want me to do next? And it was basically get rid of everything you own, get rid of everything you own and start worrying about these street kids taking in these, these street kids. So he started t- literally going into the streets and bringing the kids home with them. His family didn't love this idea very much because all of a sudden there were hundreds of kids roaming around their home and property. And, and, uh, and here he was, uh, he ended all of his businesses and, and uh, didn't want to, you know, he just thought, no, I can't worry about making money anymore. I have to worry about service, about serving. What a powerful, powerful thing because his family was not okay with this at first. His wife went along with it, but she wasn't okay with it. And his kids were not okay with this. His kids were angry because their house was being overrun by all these kids and they actually felt, you know, rejected by their dad. And because all of a sudden now it was, everything was about these orphans and some of these orphans could be violent or they could be, you know, angry and mad and no rules. And I mean, these kids were coming from situations that they weren't used to being in a home or a house, you know, a family. Long story short, he grows this opportunity with these kids and all of a sudden he's got so many hundreds of kids that he can't contain them on his own property. And so he moves to a property in Kenya that was out in the sticks. They moved to this property and he was basically just following God. He was saying, I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. He wants me to move out on this property. Well, there was nothing out there, no water, no buildings. What were they going to do? So he taught the orphans skills and they, they started building up this property. Well, they were suffering a drought. 
And as they were suffering this drought, he was having to drive four hours away to get water. But the water had things in it that they couldn't even boil out of it. And so some of the kids started getting sick from this water. And, the, and, and honestly, it was, he was having to travel so far for it. They wondered what they were going to do. There wasn't a drop of water in sight. They're in the middle of the desert. They're in Kenya on the outskirts. And what are they going to do? And this is one of the bigger lessons that I, I just really wanted to tell you guys because he goes with his wife and he prays about what they're going to do about this water situation. He felt like they needed to be there. He also felt like they were going to, they were going to grow vegetables. They were going to grow food. They wanted to become, you know, um, self-sufficient. How are they going to do this in a drought? And how, how is he going to have enough food? Because the money started running out. He wasn't doing his big, big businesses anymore. What was he going to do to feed these kids? And donations started showing up just randomly and, and donations of food when they needed it. And all of these were miracles. But what he needed was a very big miracle. And that was what he was going to do about water. And you're in the middle of a desert and you're told that you're in a drought and you're told that only water sources are rivers and those rivers are far away. What are you going to do? Because the river water wasn't wasn't good. He prays about it. And he was he and his wife stand up and they were led to an area to build and drill a well. So he gets the orphans together. They go down. They start digging by hand. Going down further and further and further. Now, mind you, even his own children who were involved in the, the, you know, the, the building of this well and the digging for this well, they were getting a little, you know, hmm, <laughs> those in, in my own religion, a little, a little layman and lemuel, if you will. Anyway, they were getting a little bit uh, caustic because they were saying, look, there's no water down here and now we've hit rock. Now what? So your vision Whatever happened to you where God said, you know, build this, drill this well is not going to happen because we have now hit rock. We can't get past it. What are we going to do? And Molly felt like, no, you keep drilling because that is exactly where I was told to, 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 to dig this well. So they kept going and they kept going and they kept going. And lo and behold, all of a sudden water starts springing out of this well. The most beautiful water you've ever seen, right? And uh, they built an entire system around this uh, for filtration. There was enough water coming out of this for farming, for uh, drinking, for all of the uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids, street kids coming to live at Molly Children's Family. They ended up being this little haven of, of growth in the agricultural business. They ended up starting greenhouses. They ended up selling their produce uh, to fund these things, to fund all these children. They ended up growing this thing into something so substantial that it actually started to change the weather patterns for rain in the area. They were growing so many trees. They planted uh, over 1 million trees. Uh, the trees were uh, growing. They had enough water. And what did it start with? It started with asking God, Where, what do we do in a drought? Because then Molly Children's family became now multiple locations. They've been going for 40 years, 30 years, 35 years. And 
they're able to feed and fund, and these kids are um, uh, going off to have wonderful careers, and the edu- they, they educate them, they train them in all kinds of things a family would train them in. Isn't that wonderful? But what did it take? It took saying, you know what? We need help. We need a miracle. And this guy's whole life was a miracle. And what a wonderful miracle it was in showcasing how we need to have enough faith to be directed on things, right? His whole life changed because he was willing to listen, to get rid of the going after money 24-7, because he was now, you know, in the oil business and, and everything else. He walked away from all of that to start again at rock bottom. But then look at how his faith increased over time. Look at what happened to him as he just kind of said and handed it all over and said, use me. I'm not just here to enjoy life's luxuries. Use me. And it wasn't easy. His own church turned him away. Um, I mean, they didn't want the street kids coming. I mean, it was uh, thing after thing after thing, right? Problem after problem after problem, but he stuck with it. And when he was in a drought at the very worst time with all these kids, can you imagine the stress of that? You know, we look at our few kids and we think stressful, but he had hundreds of kids out there that were starting to go back to the street because they just didn't have anything out there. He prays about it, and God tells him to build a well. God didn't send him rain for more, for more water to come out of snowpack, to come out of <laughs> wherever it needs to go to, to go into the rivers. He told him to, to drill a well. You know, what a great example to us as we're sitting here, you know, what, what are we actually praying for? Are we praying for guidance to figure out these problems because the problems are underfoot? Because as we hit this next decade, you're going to hear a lot about droughts. And you're going to hear that we're in a desperate drought. So what are we praying for? Are we praying for guidance on true guidance and being really open to how we're going to deal with this? Ron Gibson was on here talking about land. And he said, you do own the water that you can drill for on that land. Water witching is a real thing. It's how they've for centuries found water. You know, sometimes we limit ourselves because we've been improperly educated. So when you look to your mayors and city council members and they've been improperly educated and the county commissioners and you look to them for answers, why don't we just go back to God and look at him for answers? Why don't we start drilling down? Because I'll tell you what, you drill down far enough you're going to find water and it's renewable. So this water never ran out. If you've noticed on the Molly children's family, never ran out because they went deep enough. And that would have been a good time to have stopped and said, well, we can't, you know, you, we, you were directed wrong. We can't do it. And we hit rock. And he just said, keep going, figure it out and keep going. And they did perseverance, faith. We need more of that and less of being improperly educated and less of saying to ourselves, we, we think we know all of our answers, because we don't. We don't. Faith usually can come in and rescue that because it can teach us something new. They had not drilled down like that before. So this was all new to him, but he was open to the answer. Check out that movie. It is a wonderful movie. You'll love it. And it's on Netflix or uh, Prime. Big hat tip. Anna James, thanks for that. And I'll be right back with Dr. Pestis, so don't go anywhere at all. You'll love this next hour. And then I want to go in depth on Dr. Robert Malone in the next following hour in the last hour today. So anyway, and Tom DeWeese tomorrow, by the way.
um, First National Hour. I'll be right back. 